Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I would tend to agree that, like, there's there's a couple hurdles you got to jump with the white mama. There's well, some hurdles. Your mom plays such a major part in the character that you build. And a white mom is, oof, that's, it's a battle. I ain't saying yeah. it's bad, but it's something you got to no, deal it's, with. Yeah, it's, it's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's a hurdle you got to jump. Like, she got to be, like, exceptional. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, for, <laughs> for, for you to not come out too weird, you know? <laughs> she got to be exceptional. And Drizzy Drake. That's a white mom if I've ever seen one. Weird, you know. <laughs> the government growing babies, microchips in your anus. All koala bears are racist. The money. Martians invented turkey stuffing. Y'all can't tell me nothing. Bang, 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 skeet, skeet, skeet. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. You already know what the fuck time it is. It's time for My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of Black conspiracy theories, and we finally work to prove that Steph Curry is a goddamn Targaryen. Ain't nobody meant to have eyes that light unless they fought a dragon. Those are That's just facts, ladies and gentlemen goddamn facts there's no reason to dispute it i'm your host langston kerman i'm coming in uh hot as always you know i'm coming at my boy steph curry and his beautiful gorgeous light eyes he's a goddamn weird looking guy but i like it i'm into what he's got going on and and goddamn it i'm having a good day i'm hot as shit i shouldn't have wore this hoodie but otherwise i'm at peace 
Anyway, you didn't need that information. You can't see me. You're at home. You're listening to this weird preamble that has nothing to do with the way that I should introduce a person to you, the listener at home. But goddamn, do I have a good guest today. He's dope. He's a rapper. He's a poet. He's an author. And he has a brand new podcast. It just came out a few weeks ago. It's called Hood Politics. It's here on iHeartRadio. You're going to love him. Please give it up for my guest, Propaganda. What's up, dog? This is Facts, and Steph Curry is definitely a topic of our conspiracy theory today. Oh, he he, he touches it. He, he touches he's in it. there. I believe it. <laughs> that man was born in a laboratory. <laughs> Care what nobody say. Sure, just just missing white blood cells with that's, that's slightly darker is. blood cells. That's all that Steph is. Curry. Yeah, especially the idea that him and LeBron were born in the same hospital. I'm like, you mean hatched? Yeah, yeah, that is weird that yeah. that somehow these two freaks of very different nature very different. managed to exist in a singular space. That's that's creepy. Very. And proof of concept. Sure. <laughs> All right. You're already touching on it. Let's jump in. You came to me with a ooh, a conspiracy theory that upset me to no end. It, I would imagine ooh, it made me mad. Furious, I'd say. You said, my mama told me. Light-skinned people are sensitive. This is correct. Tell me more. Well, <laughs> so there's my anecdotal experience. Sure. There's my just baggage from childhood. All right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, <laughs> And then there's the the quintessential understanding of what we all like to call light-skinned eyes. Mm. And when you do the light-skinned eyes, it's proof you telling the whole world that you got feelings. And can't sure. nobody do them unless you light-skinned. Nobody else can do the light-skinned eyes like light-skinned. <laughs> well, okay. Let's let's start by explaining because some of our listeners may not be familiar. We have some whiteies that tune yes. in. So give the folks at home that need the information what exactly are light skinned eyes. How do I okay, so flashback to like Shy, Jodeci, just the black boy band craze mm-hmm. of the most attractive guy in all of these things. What's what's the light skinned dude? He would do this thing where he would Light-skinned eyes is when you would squint, but also raise your eyebrows (laughs) in a way that I just don't know how physically you got your face to do that. And But for something, he lick your lips like LL. And it was Mm -hmm. just like, it was like, this is a cheat code. This is a cheat code that nobody else in the culture got. And it just made me feel like, okay, and you can't call them on it because they get sensitive. Well, let's let's be clear. It sounds like you and your feelings a little bit about these light skin eyes. I'm not going to I'm not going to bite my tongue because you're coming at my people, my community. I I told you I had baggage. Like I, <laughs> I started off by saying I had baggage. Now, I it's crazy. I just finished the pod for the Straight No Chaser show. And, you know, because she deal with politics and hood shit, too. Right. Right. So she was kind of she was like banging on me like, yo, where are you from? You know, this and this. So, like, I was trying to explain to her that, like, well, I grew up on the borderlands between black and Latino neighborhoods. So I was from the east side of South Central. So most of my neighbors oh. were Mexican. So if that's the case, who were they more akin to and attracted to were the light-skinned dudes. Oh, so when I okay. fell in love with Yolanda Gonzalez, you know what I'm saying? I'm a little too dark. 
You feel me? Yolanda right. like if she was gonna like a black dude, it was the light skinned one. You Damn. know what I'm saying? So when you live in these like cross cultural spaces, cause y'all are like y'all are interesting. You like at least to everybody else, y'all black with an asterisk. Now we knew, sure. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we knew you was niggas like the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? But right. to the rest of the world, it was like oh they get he get a pass because he. You know what I'm saying? He light skinned, you know. Yeah, our yeah. I feel like our black is like when they uh when they put those like uh the the foam art in the coffee. You know what I mean? Like it's it's <laughs> still coffee, but it's got it's a little something coffee. in there that people yes. are like, this is exciting. It's it's fucking coffee, but yes. you know, they don't know. Gateway they don't drug. You don't understand that that's an espresso up under that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you you see Yolanda, you're like, man, I want to be with Yolanda. And Yolanda's not kicking that same energy back to you because you don't fall within her expectations of what a quote unquote handsome person is. You know what I'm saying? Because she looking at she looking at Brandon over there, who I know Brandon just light skinned, but he looked Puerto Rican. If Brandon learned some Spanish, he could pull it off. You right. know what I'm saying? So we got the curly hair, you know what I mean? Maybe some freckles. You feel me? So like he could pull it off. You know, and it was a part of my baggage that almost like, again, I'm black. My father was a Black Panther, so I loved being black. But I was in this Latino hood. So I used to think the cheat code was being Puerto Rican because you get to be both. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I wish I was Puerto Rican because then I'm like that black different. You know what I'm saying? They got right. the curly hair and they speak Spanish like this. This seemed like the wind. Like I said, I got baggage. You feel yeah. Me? <laughs> okay. So this this baggage, and I love that. I love the idea. You're like, damn, I wish I was Puerto Rican. That'd be tight. That would solve <laughs> be, all my oh, problems. That would solve all of. Because I Man, still get Yolanda to be black. would go to homecoming with me if Correct. I was Puerto Rican. <laughs> Correct. All right. So so you recognize at least that like there's a difference in the way that you're being seen, the way that you're being treated. At yeah. what point does it become sensitivity? in your mind at what point are you identifying light-skinned people i assume it's men and women yes are more sensitive than their darker skinned counterparts yes now i'm trying to keep this comedy because i'm also psychoanalyzing myself as i talk no about break it, it down man okay. sometimes this because shit gets sad and we like it, that too yes because i'm like i'm i'm clearly not in this state anymore like right. just, just give this yeah. I, I don't think like this anymore y'all okay just but, a quick preamble I'm yeah just fine. a quick preamble i'm fine i'm healed they healed i've learned my errors sure but the idea is like i can't i can't roast y'all mm. because it's like y'all get to you feel like these people trying to prove they black so you or you trying to prove you not black so mm. there just felt to me like there was such an overcompensation, you know what I'm saying? Which I know now is because mixed race has very, there's no space in our culture for a mixed race. You know what I'm saying? We have no categories for this. There's, so there's definitely identity crisis that comes from a longer history of racial tension and trauma. You know what I'm saying? That right. when you, when you 14, you don't know, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so you 14 and it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you trying to, either overcompensate with what seemed like performative hoodness. You know what I'm saying? And I can't call you on the shit just like, you sound corny, nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you talking like this? Why are you doing all this extra shit? You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and I, and if I talk to you about it, you get super defensive. You know what I'm saying? Or the other way around, it seemed like, again, white people come around, it felt like to me, you were separating yourself from our culture and mm. trying to up your white side. And it just felt to me like, man, you just... 
you can't have it both ways, big dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? You want all the all the benefits of being from our culture, but not none of the pain. Cause when it's time for the pain, you know what I'm saying? You went to the other lunch table. You right. Feel me? And I was like, and I can't say nothing to you about it because you get all you get all hurt. You feel me? Yeah. And like, so to me, I was just like, man, y'all just sense it. I can't talk to you about nothing. You know what I'm saying? Then get just getting defensive, like, you know, y'all got good hair, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever stuff like that. And and like it's not good hair, I'm black. You know, I'm like, yo, but listen, can you just like your hair is different? What you want me to say, homie? Like, you know, so. Well, I so you're you're speaking to, I think, a number of important things here. And there yeah. is like this constant. And I always think it's corny when when mixed people go, I just don't know where I belonged. I The whites, they didn't accept me. The black yeah. people, they didn't like me either. And it's sort of like, all right, dog, I don't know. Be yourself. But about that, that yeah. said. I think that whether whether fair or unfair, that feeling of not belonging yeah. does sort of prompt a lot of the reactions yeah. that we equate with like light skin behavior, right? That yeah. like you are hella defensive about yeah. a bunch of stuff that maybe other people would be like, I don't know, move on. Yeah. Be cool, bro. For real. For real. That's exactly it. You know what I'm saying? And like you just just, you know, traditional definitions of beauty mm -hmm. and just all of that uh, now as an adult like oh like i see it now you know what I'm sure saying? but at the time you just you have no yeah you just have no categories for it you know yeah which is where i guess terms like good hair and yeah good like whatever qualifying like terms we have yeah. uh come from right we're not yeah. We get older and we go, well, it's not good hair. It's just different hair. It's different just a, a, a qualitative difference. We're, but instead, at the time, we're like, no, no, no. Uh, one is better than one the is, other one. Yeah. And that yours is somehow better. There was, And there's a part of you as like somebody on the darker hue like myself that feels like, hey, you know, I don't understand what's so hard about this. There's no such thing as a dark skinned white person. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, there's only light-skinned black people. <laughs> sure. You're black. I don't understand what the problem is. You know what I'm saying? And then again, growing up in a Latino space, I'm looking across the table at, like, Juan Carlo Ramirez, and I'm like, you black as I am. You think that black people didn't go to Mexico? I'm like, yeah. I'm, looking, I'm looking at your grandfather right now. I'm like, he's a black man. Oh, we're from Mexico. I'm like, you think black people ain't in Mexico? Like, but transatlantic see, that, slave trade, dog. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Veracruz. Like, that was... Those but that's were some American yeah. shit, right? Like, we, we sort of get taught in, in a really shitty way that yeah. America is kind of the only place that did slavery and the only place <laughs> right. where black people ever immigrated or were taken and brought yeah. to. So it's like, yo, if your parents aren't from or your grandparents aren't from the South, then yeah. you have no sense of any history beyond that. Yeah. And that is blackness to be yeah. unaware of your history. Whereas like yeah. if a motherfucker can point to where they're from, nigga, I ain't black. I'm from there. That's I'm Dominican. That's my yes. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and it's hurtful. You know what I'm saying? Like as, as from my perspective, I was like, this is really hurtful. Cause I'm like, first of all, I mean, is there a hidden camera? Like, have you looked in the mirror? Like right. my, my Dominican brother, I'm like, you are black. Yeah. Like, I'm not robbing you from your Dominican her heritage. I'm just saying, like, what the, what the hell you, 
what is we like? What is the sky blue? Like, yeah, yeah. you're a black man. <laughs> Let's you know? just talk colors real quick. And right. Then we yeah. Can get into <laughs> ethnic backgrounds. And, exactly. And all the other jazz that comes with that. So yeah. you're identifying the, these sort of light skin traits in people, the squinty eyes, yeah. the, the oversensitivity. The, Y'all sensitive. Y'all the, R&B the, singers. Sure. Unless <laughs> the you different Luka. hair, all of that. Yeah. Does that make you resent light-skinned people? Are you mad at us for our behavior? Or are you sort of recognizing that we got some shit to deal with? I was. And it was like, I was mad, but it was like, eighth grade mad you know what i'm saying were you really not mad you don't know you're not mad at them you're mad at america you know what i'm saying but you don't know you mad at america yet you feel me i Um, like that yeah you know but you don't know yet you know so you know and now it's like we could kid about it you know what i'm saying and just like the shit we doing now all that comes with that but like the reality is at the time yeah you're mad you're jealous you know what i'm saying and because that type of black is being affirmed you know and there's like there's nothing i can do to somehow fit that you feel me mm-hmm. so for me a part of like just even the hair you see on my head now a part of the dreadlocks you know was like a rebellion against that was like okay if i can't do this i'm gonna go all the way the other way right you know i'm gonna lock my hair i ain't never I'm gonna, gonna squint i ain't my gonna eyes ever gonna squint. be wide open wide open stay woke <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> He said, I ain't gonna ever squint. Squint for light skin. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. I do think it's such a it's such an interesting thing that I think happens in, in black culture in general, right? Is that like yeah. we've been placed in a position where there are so many spots, so few spots to yeah. to be celebrated, to be recognized, to be yeah. affirmed, as you put it. Yeah. And so when you're seeing the people that are sort of in a weird way able to subvert their blackness, but then yeah. also be propped up as yeah. like the stars of the show. It has to be a super frustrating thing to be like, that's who y'all picked. This yeah. is the one that you're going to make the star of the whole game. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, totally. It's frustrating to me. It just yeah. really is. It just really is. And it's, and ultimately it was like, I'm really I'm hurt. I'm processing internalized sure. <laughs> racism. You processing self-hate. You don't know you are. Yeah. But all I know is I can't stand Brandon. Right. <laughs> you know what that, that at its yeah. core is really, yeah. I think, how we get to solving some of the colorism and sort of like uh, infighting that happens in the black community is we just mm-hmm. got to pick the motherfuckers we don't like as opposed mm-hmm. to sitting around talking about like the general idea of each representative group and all that stuff. Let's just yeah. talk about Brandon. Let's keep our eyes on yeah. Brandon and Let's what keep he did eye to on us. the prize. Exactly. Yes. yes. And, you know, it's like it, you, you, I think of like the invention of Tyrese. Oh, you know, that like. Coca-Cola, baby. Brought us back, riding on that (laughs) bus. You know what I'm saying? He brought us back. And I didn't realize again until I was an adult, like, why I was like, oh, yeah, I needed him. You know, Mm -hmm. in a a weird, twisted sort of way, like, damn, I really needed this dude. You know what I'm saying? As, like, just images of beauty. And and what's crazy is this, like, so my current wife, you know, I mean, I I didn't meet her until we was, you know, adults. Yeah, and my wife's my wife's a first gen Mexican woman, and she said she never thought about it till after she got married that like when she was in high school she had a Tyrese calendar, 
Whoa. <laughs> so she was already in the Dark Brothers. I didn't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Good and for she you. ain't know either. So Hold I was on. like. That deserves a little air horn. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, okay. Here's a question that I have that I've always been curious about. When do you think the waves happened? Right. So there there are always these arguments that happen culturally where they're like, man, light-skinned dudes are out. Dark-skinned dudes are in. Dark-skinned dudes are out. Light-skinned dudes are in. Where where would you mark those waves at? So you're saying Tyrese is a a clear marker of of a period. Yeah, pre that, you know, is when the light-skinned dudes was running the world, it was Cosby showing a different world. Mm-hmm. You know, the two choices that Rudy Huxtable had, you know, she chose the lighter boy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then on a different world, the light-skinned nigga with the dreads, they ended up being in Janet Jackson's videos, like just yeah. this <laughs> gorgeous man. You know what I'm saying? And... Yeah. um yeah, so then Tay Diggs, you know what I'm saying? Morris Chestnut. Oh, they had like, a wave. All these brothers had this wave. You feel me? Brought us back. Omar Epps in the, the Inglewood best, movie. The best man. Best man. Uh, That's it. The best man universe really, yes. really let y'all live for Let a us in. We let us in. And then entered Shamar Moore and Boris Kudrow. And mm. we were done. And then that leads into like the Terrence Howards and just all this other stuff that was just like, yeah, we can't. Yeah, I I will say that at the point that they made Shamar Moore the host of Soul Train, it felt like, man, y'all really, all right, y'all got to take a break. Yeah, there's no chance. We have no chance. in charge right now. Yeah, and he's beautiful. Like, there's no other way around that. That man is beautiful. A goddamn weirdo, but he is weird as hell. (laughs) Good to look at. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, so these waves, you're recognizing where these waves exist. And mm-hmm. then how, at what point do you as an adult start to to stop feeling these feelings of resentment and start to like make peace with it? What happens in your life where you're like, all right, I recognize that this sensitivity that I'm, I'm seeing in light-skinned men is coming from yeah. something real and not just them being like weirdos and, and I'm good. Yeah, I think it's, you know, moving moving around, going off to college, you know, experiencing Africans, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And just meeting people from just other parts of the world. I think having my own sort of aesthetic affirmed, you know what I'm saying? Kind of made me step back and go like, what, why was I so worried about what these 40 people thought about me? You know, Mm -hmm. it's to the point to where I'm salty towards my own homie like i'm i'm dragging brandon but brandon was my homie like we're friends you know what i'm saying so i'm like why am i salty over him like what did brandon ain't do nothing to me you know what i'm saying like he's my friend you know and then you just start yeah you just start it's for me it was college you start asking yourself these questions learning more about the world around you and how you know i'm saying all this stuff kind of plays into the bigger historical narrative and what I've sort of internalized for myself and just start asking those questions. I mean, like, what do you mean? You know, what is the diaspora? Like, what do you mean by that? Like, you know, are, are they not, are these brothers and sisters not experiencing the same America you're experiencing? And yeah, in some ways, no, but in a lot of ways, yes. You know, like you are undermining the cause, you know what I'm saying? I like what uh, you're saying. I think it, it sort of makes me think, in a lot of ways, and I've had this feeling for a while that I think the way that we talk about representation is wrong. That mm-hmm. like we we spend so much time being like, there's nobody that looks like me on TV. And mm-hmm. so I don't know how to feel about myself. And it's yeah. like, 
Yeah, maybe. But more than that, what you need to do is recognize that you are represented in other parts of the world. You're represented in a space greater than just television. Yeah. And like what's being propped up on the Internet. And so like until you get the chance to see that, like, yo, you exist in this country, in this place, in these foreign sort of like environments, then you are always going to be seeking the next Boris Kojo or yeah, 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 yeah. Morris Chestnut or whatever yeah. it is that makes you feel affirmed in a yeah. in a almost desperate kind of way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that broader sense of the world, you know, like you said, is like I for for a young dude like me was like, man, that was invaluable. Just seeing mm. the world bigger than where I was and like you said, what I saw on TV. Because there's like, like you said, there's an entire continent of dark-skinned people on TV. Yo, yeah. like, you know, like, what do you, you know, now you're right, maybe we're underrepresented here, but here is not the whole world. So it ain't yeah, it. that's, yeah. So that's like super, that's dope. Yeah, okay. Now let's get into some messy questions. Okay, Let's messy. just be real. Who do you think is the greatest offender as a light-skinned person? Ooh. Man, woman, who's, who's the one that really, you just see him and you like, this mother right here, I can't take it. Oh, man. I mean, are we obviously, I mean, obviously Stacey Dash, you know, she's, <laughs> she, she's, she's high on this list. Sure. Uh, she's gotten lighter every year. <laughs> she gets lighter every year. Yeah. So obviously her, man, that's a good question. Okay. Let's get messy. Who was the most like, can't stand these light skin? Yeah. Just, and it doesn't even have to be that they're bad people. Just true. No, they're great. Just, does yeah. the squinty eyes, does the, yeah. has the energy of all the things that you despise. In the oh, light. man. I mean, probably Uncle L. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, probably because <laughs> he's like, oh, man, he's caramel. He's buff. He's just. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just like, God damn it, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, cool as hell. He's an OG in hip hop. Like, you can't take none of his credit from him. Like, he sure. just, he, he real as it come. But just like, damn, man, like. Yeah. Oh, what can you we can't do be this? buffing into your fifties you, and uh, you can't still look this good, man. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, so he up there, he up there is one of the one of the, the greatest offenders. The sisters, <laughs> I'm not gonna look, I'm not gonna touch that at all. <laughs> I ain't that messy now. You know what I'm okay, because I'm super messy. I ain't I mean, messing with the sisters though. But okay, well give me, give me an example. Well, I don't know because nobody bothers me. I'm a big fan of every light-skinned person. We're perfect. Oh, true. Every true. single one of us. No, true. I, I do <laughs> think the person who always comes to mind when people like uh, complain about like light-skinned behavior and all that, Drake feels like the most oh, my like, God. Yes. light-skinned how did I miss man Drake? Who, who's ever light-skinned. Oh, how did I forget Drake? Yes. He's the, he is the example. He's it. Yes. It's Drake. It's the template of like- It's the template. You, yeah. yes. Yes, and it wasn't. He has a heart carved into his head right now. (laughs) All the rules that all of us learn through middle school that keep the way that boys police themselves Mm -hmm. to keep each other in line. I just feel like he skipped all that. Yeah, because like you don't. Okay, you don't do the layup line for (laughs) like you ain't go to this school. You're not from this state. <laughs> no connection. What you have no connection. Why are you doing this like yep. that? But it's like, and he could go because it's the flex, and he's right because it is. Yeah. But it's like, I, 
that's the most light skinned. This this some light skinned shit. I think yes. the, <laughs> my favorite part of that is he's not even good enough at basketball to justify like joining the line. Like it's not like he was out there saucing. He <laughs> you not a bad. hooper. Yeah, you not a hooper. Like this not even this not even your bag, man. Like what? Yeah, that yes. And to be totally okay with like because he knows he's gonna sell records to like turn himself into like a living meme because he knows it works. So you just yeah. like Hotline Bling video, you, he knew what he was doing. Like, you know, yeah, you know what you're doing. And yeah, he put like, on a comfy sweater and he said, I'm going to give the people what they've been accusing what me they of being want. this entire time. Yes. And it worked. I listen. It the just man, worked. <laughs> the <laughs> man knows business, and he I don't really know does. how to deal with that. Okay, mm-hmm. this this will be my final question before we go to break. Who do you think, if Drake is the most offensive, or Uncle L, depending on the timing and perspective, who do you think is a person who's handling light skin perfectly, who truly is not uh, falling into the stereotypes and and navigating this space the way that it's meant to be navigated? That's good. Ooh, that's good. I think. I think of two examples. I think Clay Thompson does it well. Ah, I love that you said that. God yeah. damn, he's my favorite. He do it well. I think uh, Kendrick Sampson, that's on Insecure. Mm. I think he handles light skin very well. You know, he's no delusion. He's like, I'm about this justice work, but yeah. this this my white mama. Like, <laughs> what you want me to say? That's my mom. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like yep. he handles it. He handles light skin well. Okay. Hell yeah. (laughs) So anybody that's down to either be weird and just shoot a lot of shots and uh, and or get beat by the police is good in your book. It's good in my book because you (laughs) like I'm I'm being me. You know what I'm saying? I love it. a sleeveless T-shirt. You love light skinned men in a sleeveless T-shirt. That's what (laughs) what I'm discovering. here. This is the fact. I told you I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more propaganda and more. My mama told me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. your shots girl would you like to come back with rob to america oh god this is a low moment (laughs) this is a very low moment yep we're back we're back here with propaganda we're back here with more my mama told me we're still talking oh that was a drop that was uh suggested to us by a listener named claudia claudia told me to play that propaganda i did not want to do that myself okay i'm not a fan of his work claudia loves him dearly that was was a low moment in (laughs) in black men it was low yes i would say uh not a great dark-skinned man Mm -hmm. would you go so far as to say that i would agree you are not (laughs) you are not the gladiator we're sending to the arena fair enough (laughs) Okay, you you mentioned, uh, and this is something I've I've always been curious about. If this is now a thing that everybody knows or at least thinks about, do you think the mixture makes a difference in light skin behavior? Because you mentioned Kendrick mm. Sampson how he has a white mom, and mm. I am under the belief that if if the combination is weird, white moms always tend to make weirder kids than than uh, <laughs> a black mom. Black mom, you tend to be all right. You you're a little more chill. White mom. Ooh, that motherfucker's weird. It gets there's, messy. There's some weirdness that comes with having a white mama. Rather mm-hmm. than a, you saying rather than like a white daddy. Yes. Or like or a uh Filipino or it's just somebody exactly. else. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would I would I think I would tend to agree with that. Hell yeah. I think I would tend to agree with that. I never thought about it till you just said it. But I got a homie from high school who like, <laughs> yeah, they his dad was like one of the coolest dudes I ever met. And his mom was listen, his mom was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But like I he is actually who I'm thinking about where I had to like learn how to process that like, man, he's just trying to find himself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I had to go back and like do some historical revisionism about my feelings for this boy. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Cause yeah. just like, man, he ain't never do nothing to me, dog. You know what right. I'm saying? Like that that poor boy was trying to figure it out. But yeah, you had a white mom. So it's like Yeah, it's not coming from a place of hate. This is coming from no. a place of uh White momed him. And, and we'll, <laughs> we all got to figure that out on our own. We all got to figure it out. <laughs> all right. Let's jump into some of this research. And and I want to start off by saying light-skinned people are sensitive is not an easy thing to research. Do you know okay. what I mean? Like, no. That's not, that's not something you just type into Google and suddenly it comes <laughs> back with all of these, these clear explanations yes. of where this thing comes from. But I did find an NYU study that suggests that skin color does affect sensitivity to heat and mechanical stimuli, meaning like physical contact. Wow. So, okay. Apparently, darker skinned people 
are more strong as it relates to physical like uh, contact and heat that like you you physically don't necessarily feel the same reactions that I guess are your lighter skin counterparts tend to feel. Damn. Yeah. No, I'm like shook. It didn't it didn't make me feel good because there so there's this old and I've talked about this on a few episodes. There's this old uh, dude who basically invented gynecology, but he also okay. did it by testing all of his experiments on slaves that like yeah. he, he basically would like steal slave women and yeah. run crazy experiments on them. And wow. he did it under the premise that black people couldn't feel pain. That yeah. like physically yeah. their bodies were built in a way that like pain didn't, they didn't have the same pain receptors that white people have. And this yeah. isn't proof of any of that. I want to be clear. This is. Yeah. I was like, it's some eugenic right. shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that said, it does sound like on a, on a very minor level, there are different reactions that happen with darker skin versus lighter skin. That's man. I, my my wife is like a sunblock Nazi, like just put on sunblock. She lathers our children with it. And, yeah. and part of me is like, as a, as a sign of my protest, won't put it on. Oh, you're and anti. I, and I know that's ridiculous because yep. we're talking about UV rays. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm like, God gave me sunblock. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And, but I, I do, but my children do have, they have a sun sensitivity. Like they actually honestly, like they need the sunblock. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I've never, I get darker. I've never peeled. You know what I'm saying? But like they get like my, my oldest daughter gets a rash if she's in the sun too much. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, that's, should have had more melanin. Sorry. <laughs> and that's the thing is that, <laughs> is that you, you technically are right. God did give you a yeah. type of sunblock. In fact, the study looked at dopamine in the skin of mm. rodents. They went to, they basically were like manipulating the skin and tones of rodents. And mm -hmm. the dopamine creates this molecule produced by skin called melanocytis. I don't know how to Whoa. pronounce stuff. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a nigga with Google. But they, these cells determine skin color and they found that as they manipulated the dopamine, it increased expression of a type of a molecule that basically is responsible for protection against heat and it increased increased a type of molecule that's that's responsible for protecting you against physical contact. So mm -hmm. darker meant that you got basically stronger against this shit and then wow. lighter meant that you got weaker against this shit. So when you say that light skin people are more sensitive, <laughs> you're actually technically correct in that sense. I will take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you very now, much. Here's where I'll push back against you. Here's okay. the part where I get excited because okay. I would argue that light skinned people, given the fact that we've continued to live in the exact same environments as our darker counterparts and lived amongst the same communities, I would argue we're in fact stronger and less okay. sensitive because okay. of our willingness to keep fighting through the pain that we're constantly <laughs> suffering in the exact same environment. Talk to me. Tell me why I'm right. Oh, okay. Whoa. That's a great, great way to phrase that. I'm a little shook right now because sure. there is, again, this, I'm divided here. There's the like, there's the little me and there's the adult me. You know what yep. I'm saying? So like the little me is going, whatever, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> in the fact that like, 
yeah, we roast y'all mercilessly and you do still show up every day. That's it. But you be crying and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, <laughs> let me not front like, but as soon as I turned the corner on Avalon, I did not break into tears after and that's, being roasted too. You know what I'm saying? I just was able to thing. hold it longer. You it know what just truly is the difference in in, ter- in the way you handle the shit, but we're still coming back together as a community and that's the key. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I even think like, I'm like, I just want you to admit you one of us. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I think that like, one could argue our bucking against everything that is light skin may have to do with our insecurity in ourselves. But yes, tell nobody I said that. But that's <laughs> probably what's going on there. Sure. So you are absolutely correct. All right. I like this. I like I'll where we're heading. Let's I'll let's go a little further down this train because I in order to find more information about this, I had to sort of rephrase the way that we're dealing in this. And colorism okay. obviously is more of the ubiquitous term that we connect mm-hmm. to light skin, dark skin, all these other things. And it turns out that the word colorism is not as old as we would think it is. In fact, the original sort of conception of colorism doesn't come about until 1983 as a term. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's brand wow. new in the scheme of the the world. Before wow. then, there were other words that we used to kind of define it, but it uh-huh. went sort of nebulous in yeah. in the way that we talked about colorism before yeah. 1983. Okay. Huh. So with that, one of the things that I sort of found is that part of, and this is a lot of people making arguments and articles, they're much smarter people than I am, but they made arguments that the reason that colorism went undefined for so long is an intentional effort on the part of white America. That yeah. like, if they can so imbalance hatred, all the things yeah. that we sort that sort of exist in the black community without us figuring out how to explain it. Then the infighting remains, but we never learn to get past it. Right. Until you can put a word to it, you can't defeat the thing that's that's taking you down. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's 1983. Because I think about like, yeah, our Constitution only recognized two races until the 60s. Yeah. You know, so like there's that idea of like, you know, you have people like there was this case in um, San Antonio where this Latino dude, this Mexican dude, like killed this other Mexican dude. And when he was on trial, obviously he was found guilty, but his lawyer appealed saying he was supposed to get a, a jury of his peers. And he was yeah. like, it's all white people here. And they were like, oh, well, see, here's the thing. According to the constitution, you white too. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they, and they were like, this is ridiculous. These you are your people. Look, yeah, what are people. you talking about? Like, this is white people. And he's like, you you know, you know how ridiculous this is. So like, so having to build into the constitution more than just two races, it doesn't, this is the 60s. So now it don't surprise me that it wasn't until the eighties that the idea of colorism existed and then how, and to our shame, how so good at it we got. Right. And so that's part of the problem, right? Is that it's not that colorism doesn't exist. It's that literally the word doesn't exist, that they won't help us put a label on it because they want the fighting to continue without the logic that makes it reasonable. Much in the way that this dude who's sitting on trial is sitting there saying, like, I am not the same. I'm not the same as what you would consider 
your opposition, but I'm certainly not the same as y'all. And I don't just pick sides simply because you've picked sides for yourselves. Yeah. And y'all know that. And you know that. And And you you won't tell people that because it's easier to keep them mad at each other than it is to help them figure this shit out. Yeah. Facts. And so one of the things that I ended up finding is that when it comes to looking up light-skinned stuff in research, there's a lot of articles of people being like, this was my experience as a kid and my struggle being a mixed person. And it to your your point about motherfuckers being in their their feelings and, and sort of like uh light skin behavior, every yeah. article just reads like somebody being like, I wasn't black enough and nobody <laughs> loved me. And that's why I am who I am today. Yep. It's like, yo, you gotta relax, bro. This working is working out not your trauma off well. No. Working out your trauma on paper. Like, yeah. It, it never it never plays well because like you said, you haven't really that's why I try to lead out the box saying, okay, listen, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, work- I'm working out my issues. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I got to unpack some shit. Yeah. Now and- that said, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so with that, one of the things that that I think is one of the bigger mistakes that these articles tend to do is that they often do try to basically say that even if I'm light-skinned, I am still black, and therefore I am still a victim and experiencer Mm. of all of the things that make being black in America difficult. And while that is true, light-skinned people do suffer at the hands of whatever American bullshit is, it ain't the same. Do you know what I mean? It ain't. This ain't exactly equal (laughs) in terms of the way that police handle me versus the way that they would handle you or any of that shit. Like, and to not acknowledge that or skip past that seems pretty wild. That is all I ever wanted to hear from light-skinned people. Oh, hell yeah. I did it. It's just, listen, man, (laughs) I recognize There is a difference. Yeah, yes. there's a difference. I appreciate that. Because you because it was more like you'd get the side eye from the light skinned dude that's just like when the heat got bad, you could just move to the other table and I'd just be like, nigga, you just word? And it's like, what? And he's like, you know what you're doing, man. Like Well, that's shit. the thing. It's not even that I have to move to the other table. I'll sit there and watch them beat you first. Because they, <laughs> they ain't gonna be mad at me the same they way they're gonna at be me. mad at you. You know what I'm saying? You got that pretty caramel skin. We ain't trying to mess that up. You know what I'm saying? Them light green eyes. You feel Yeah, they're gonna yell at me, but they ain't gonna hit me. You, know, you guys, they hit. <laughs> that's different. That's different. Yeah. Now, that obviously, ain't... we can't make that joke without also talking about where that comes from, right? Totally. So much of this is rooted in the historical context of slaves, of slavery, and the idea that lighter-skinned slaves were very often descendants of the people that were fucking their owners and shit. Yes, totally. And and so with that, they also were treated often with a sense of care and mm-hmm. preference that yeah. wasn't afforded to their darker-skinned counterparts. That's where the house slaves come yep. from. That's where, you know, all the conversations about sort of like light-skinned behavior, I think, are first found. Absolutely. You know, and then if you can, in your mind's eye, like pull the, like you said, pull the, pull the camera out a little higher to be like, they're victims of rape, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are products of rape and how I'm mad at them for that. You know what I'm saying? Like when you, you could get the camera out, you know what I'm saying? But like, 
but not while you in the thick of the shit. Like you can't get the camera out, you know? So you're right. just like, all I see is you treat it better. And like somehow I you you build this resentment like like you act like you deserve this shit. Like you act like you deserve to be treated better. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Then so we out in the field, like this this motherfucker over here. You know what I'm saying? Like and and you yeah, that's interesting. You just build that resentment, but again, you get get far enough, you get enough space from it where you just like this fool's just trying to survive, man. Like he can't help, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He can't help what happened to you, you know what I'm saying? And like, oh, what happened to your your mama? You know what I'm saying? You can't help that, you know. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I mean, wouldn't you if you could move into the house? Wouldn't you move into the house? And that's the hard part, right? Yeah. Is that we're all just handing down trauma we're all handing For down sure. different experiences and we can't dismiss those traumas but we no. also shouldn't be equating those traumas no. like i think that trauma is it, it by its very definition personal it's something yeah. that that is truly only happening in you and your spirit and your experience and sometimes we can identify shared traumas but yeah. that doesn't mean that everybody gets to just be in this shared trauma together and For so sure. to that one of the larger conclusions that I found myself thinking is like, man, we kind of fucked up by wanting to make everybody the same. And yeah. that's a very American thing to be like, you're yeah. all black, even though yeah. none of you even look alike. You're all kind of the same thing. Yeah. And you'll just unpack your trauma together when the reality is, to your point. My shit comes from a type of colonization and rape. Your shit yeah. comes from a different kind of colonization and yeah. rape. We shouldn't be uh talking about them together we kind of need to go to a separate therapist Damn. and then come back together yeah. as as separate peoples healed yeah yeah exactly healed and being able to like speak freely yeah that's exactly. good man yeah and plenty of other countries have sort of like in some way started to at least acknowledge that there is a separation between mm -hmm. these communities, right? Like yeah. you look at South Africa where like they do have now three distinctions, at least of like the mm -hmm. way that they break down race, that it's yeah, yeah. the white people, it's the colored people. Yeah. And then there's like the black people. The indigenous, and while yeah. that is super fucked up in terms of the way that like resources are disseminated, yeah. it is at least more honest in terms of like the cultural experience that these people mm. are coming from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy how like you we could look across the country to an apartheid and be like, well, they figured out something we could use. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, that's kind of that's woo. Damn. We got a lot to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> damn, their lives suck, but man, but they did the math better than we at did. Least they did a little better at math. <laughs> it does make me feel ultimately though that that if white people didn't act like such dickheads, we might not even want to see ourselves as the same race, right? That like, mm. we might find ourselves going like, and in a beautiful way, not in a way that's like us going like, yeah. yo, get me the fuck away from these people, but more yeah. just be me, me being like, his experience is not my experience. It couldn't yeah. possibly be. And that's okay. And yeah. I can celebrate that experience much in the way that you talk about celebrating your wife's experience, even yeah, though yeah, it was yeah. different than your own. Man, that's, that's, that's super profound. God. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, the the we would have a different understanding of diet of the diaspora and like the just pan ethnic terms that like ultimately, like you said, they really only serve whiteness. Yep. By like even us using these words, it only serves that you know. Yep. So it's interesting to be like, 
if we would just reject them and just be like, no, we're we're vastly different from each other. Mm -hmm. We have a shared suffering, but we're also vastly very different. And I could celebrate, you know, this experience much different than, and you wouldn't have to feel like you have to compensate. I remember I was, uh, I was dating a, um, a Belizean girl and for a long time, and we kept running up against this often, you know what I'm saying? Of like, I, I thought I was like, I wanted to honor her Afro-Caribbean, like, yeah. history, you know what I'm saying? But she was very adamant of being like, but you know I'm Black. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, but you're not Black like I am. Right. You know, and it was like, but it was, a, it was honestly like a point of tension that like, I just, yeah, we didn't have. We didn't have the language for it at the time. And you know because she's yeah. reading You're Not Black Like I Am as a slight against her. Yeah. You somehow diminishing her blackness. Yeah. When in fact, you're just saying like, yo, you didn't experience the same version of blackness that I exactly. did. Exactly. And that doesn't make you any less black. It just means like different flavors. You know what I mean? Like different yeah. styles about this shit. Absolutely. Because in my mind, I was like, I think it's dope. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think it's that, that's, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I just did it. But I didn't know how to be like, like you said, I didn't know how to articulate and just say, no, this is, it's another expression of blackness. Dang, that's, man, you, you know, you own to something. And see, that's my ultimate goal. If I can figure out a way to make motherfuckers treat squinting and getting in your feelings oh, as God. cultural, now oh, we are moving forward oh, as a society. Thank you not... so much, Propaganda. Thank you for <laughs> inspiring me. I am not ready for that hill. I'm still, I'm still ascending this hill. Brother Lex, I'm still not there yet. I'm, I might not get there. You know what I'm saying? But no, that is that is a good wraparound to me having to accept the pretty boy, light-skinned, sensitive. That's culture, baby. It's culture. You, you can't you be mad at culture. Us. I can't be mad at culture. You had to do what you had to do to survive. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another break. We'll be back with more propaganda and more my mama told me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. 
Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And we are back. Can you lend a nigga a pencil? Yeah, we're back here with more <laughs> propaganda. More my mama told me. That that was a fun one. I I, yeah. I was really surprised when I I think I thought of that. I'm pretty sure that was the one that I thought of. I don't want to give credit to anybody else for that one. Anyway, go. we're still talking about light skinned people and their light skinned behavior and their squinty eyes and their their yeah. sensitive feelings. I want us to play a game. Let's okay. dig into a game if you if you're down. I'm down. Hell yeah! This is a a fun game. It's it's one of our most classic games, which you personally requested. It's mm-hmm. a game called. Homemade Hotep. Homemade Hotep. So the way that this game works, I'm going to introduce to you a real fact out in the world, a fact that that is is 100% true. And what I would love for you to do is Hotep the shit out of it. Just add as much Hotep and and conspiratorial, Afrocentric, Pan-African bullshit to it to make it as as Hotepy as possible. Let's go. Hell yeah. So this is a, an interesting fact. Apparently, Uncle Ben's rice mm-hmm. was airdropped to World War II troops during the war. At the time, they basically figured out that Uncle Ben's rice, they had put some chemical in it that mm-hmm. kept it from getting uh, infested with bugs yes. and eaten by rodents and shit. Yes. And so they would drop it over the troops during World War II. Why, propaganda, do you think that is? Well, because so you dropped the Uncle Ben's with the chemical things because, you know, it was a sign that they had been experimenting with black men for years. Mm. And what you learn is that we are just resilient. Mm. So so when you bring that to the war, it did two things. It one, it reminded these white soldiers that you still being fed by the slaves. Right. Oh, so it, it make them remind them of like the America that they miss. You know what I'm saying? And then for the brothers, it reminds you that, like, can't nobody kill you. No matter what you're doing, can't nobody kill you. <laughs> you know, so when you put the two together, because you had the brothers out in the front line and they needed something that reminded them of, like, look here. You know what I'm saying? You resilient. I know I know back home this how they treat you, but I want you to know, man, you know, mm. it's, your, it's, your, it's your homemade chitlins that get you through this. You feel me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We make treasure out of trash. You understand what I'm saying? Treasure out of trash. That's what we do. <laughs> so when you on there, you know what I'm saying? You stay in your fight. You stay in your game. You let them crackers think that they taking care of us. You understand what I'm saying? But the truth mm. is we take care of them. 
Right. We take care of them. Mm. There okay. it is. There it is. Dropping that knowledge. Hold okay. up. Call motherfucking bars, nigga. <laughs> you know nothing about that. <laughs> there it is. What a perfect, a perfect response to homemade oh hotep. I love it. You killed yes. it. Thank you. Thank sir. you. Thank you so much for my being pleasure. here. Could you could you tell the people at home where they can find you? What cool stuff you have going on? Yeah. So prophiphop.com and prop hip hop is also my socials. I just put out a poetry book. So that's available there. I'm totally in the coffee. You can get that there. That's what I basically tweet and post about is coffee, poetry, and the Lakers. Oh, and, man. One yeah. of those is sad right now. But don't, go ahead. Please don't remind Finish. me. Please don't remind me. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was almost through my TV. Uh, so that, uh, the Hood Politics pod is cracking where it's like, you know, again, just taking a lens from us who, you know, kind of grew up either in gangbanging life or around gangbanging life to just kind of help us navigate the political landscape and just kind of get your brain around what may be happening in our world. So that's the hood politics pod or put politics on your feed. But yeah, prop hip hop. That's the way to get to everything. Hell yeah. Go to prop hip hop and, and check out all his stuff. And as always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman. And please, if you have drops, if you have theories that you would like to send, you can send them to my mama pod at gmail.com. Yeah, that's it. We did it. Bye, bitch. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.